Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Hey Mavericks, we are here at the Senior Living Transformation Summit in Boston, Massachusetts, and we are here talking with Max Mosky, Director of Analytics from uh, Morrison Living. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to talk with you. You just got off stage talking about disrupt or be disrupted, so we want to hear about this. But Uh, first, tell us a little bit more about yourself, kind of how you got into this space and, and What's going on? So my background prior to joining Morrison Living was really more geared toward pure finance. I worked in investment banking, worked for in the hedge fund space, and then most recently worked in institutional asset management with a focus on private equity investments. And, you know, with that, you're leveraging a lot of the techniques and tools that I'm using today. So my role today is director of analytics. And But there's a different value equation. So I found that I wanted something that was really deriving value within a corporation, driving value for that end user. And that's what I'm able to do today. I'm able to work with... You know, really a, a terribly at-risk population, seniors, that are underserved today, that it's a risk population, and I'm able to help benefit their lives by doing what I do. And for me, that's fulfillment that you wouldn't get somewhere else. That That is so well said. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get into senior living? So senior living, it's funny, senior living has always been a attractive to me, and I know most people wouldn't say that, but um, so my father was a real estate investor. Um, he's in real estate. And uh, through my dad's connections and networks, uh, one of his close friends is Bill Kaplan, who's uh, from Senior Lifestyle. And um, just seeing what he's done in the space and seeing his passion and fire, that really ignited something in me to say, I want to do that, too. I want to I want to make a difference in that area, Uh, even, you know personally seeing my grandma in a memory care unit and seeing what her experience looked like and seeing how I could make that better and how it could have affected change there so that she had a better experience. She fell, she hurt herself. My grandfather, when he was in a senior community, he fell, he hurt himself. You know, seeing how we can do little things to make their lives better, it just, that that little flicker of light, that's what you want to create. That's what you want to drive. We've seen a bit of a theme here so far at this show. People coming from other industries, looking at senior living mm-hmm. and saying, oh, we've solved these problems over here. How can we apply those learnings here in senior care? Right? So I think with that, the technology exists. Even if you look at some of the most cutting edge technologies of today, these aren't new things. Sensors, they've existed for years. Yes, the price point's gotten down, so now it's 2 to $3 versus $90. But True. Um, what you have now is you don't have the application. We know the problems. We just haven't quite applied it correctly. And I view that as just such a massive deficit and such a massive opportunity. I, I just get excited when I talk about that. Yeah. You can probably tell. Do you? But why do you feel it's such a delay in aging services? It feels like people are slow to even push the envelope. I mean, you, you seem to be one of the few companies after hearing your presentation, which I thought was inspiring that are willing to take some of those calculated risks and be okay with it, not going according to plan. So I, I think really I've been asked this a lot, like Max, tell, tell me about your role. What do you do? What do you do? And you know, it, that's evolved over time as I think it does for everybody as your role evolves. But right now I'd say my, my role is getting people comfortable with change, uh, doing that, 
making that intentional choice and making sure that you've done the research, you've done your homework. And if it fails, it fails, but you've exhausted all options and you're, you're basically setting yourself up for success. So I think it's that comfortability with, with change. And that's what, um, I've really focused on within my own organization is how do I get, how do I build that business plan to get us comfortable with change and then build the right process around it so that people can be comfortable with that change. We're not just throwing things out there. I think when people hear innovation, sometimes executives and they just get scared by that. Cause it's like, Oh, how much is this going to cost? The typical right. CFO mentality. Yeah. And we've this been bit by that one before. And yeah. 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 Oh, we're going to spend how many million? What? But if you, you can't approach it that way, right. you're approaching it differently with a full business case with we're not just throwing money at something. We're figuring out solutions to problems that aren't always a cost. Innovation doesn't necessarily mean you're writing a blank check. Innovation is solving problems and there's an ROI on that. That <laughs> ROI is financial just as well as its experience. True. Yeah. Absolutely. It's well said. Yeah. I think too, you know, what I'm very curious about is is this idea of we don't know where the technology is going to go yet we know we're going to be disrupted and i think you you know kind of want to dive a little deeper and you said it which is awesome is disrupt or be disrupted so can you elaborate a little more on where that came from and your you know thoughts behind that i mean think about in the 1980s we thought we'd have flying cars by now we don't have flying cars if we don't act because we're hoping and praying for something to occur in the future you're going to be paralyzed and you won't he won't be relevant anymore the person down the street the person someone else will be so if you have that if you live in fear of change if you live in fear of, of being different if you live in fear of any level of risk you're going to be supplanted you won't be relevant and that'll happen a lot faster than you think yeah. i mean that's just a breath of fresh air i mean because i've met a lot of people especially home care home health you know even assisted living that they're just afraid to to do something different because this model has got them to where they are today. What would you say to those people that, you know, have maybe, maybe been doing this for 10, 15 years and they don't want to do anything because it's always worked. I think the bigger risk is the people that have been here for 30, 40 years. The, it, I think it, I saw the stat, uh, Ziegler did it. It's over 60% of CEOs are going to turn over in the next five years. 60 over that. I yeah. think that's wow. a conservative yeah. number. I'm just throwing something no, out but, there, that's... but it's, it's the majority of executives are going to turn over in the next five years. So I think that's our bigger risk is these people that are like, well, let me just ride it out for a couple of years. I'm uh... gonna, I'm gonna, and I don't think that's the overlaying mentality, but y you are going to have some of that. And um, I think that's where, you know, groups like like what i do is i try to get them comfortable with change and that's why partnering with the right people they'll they'll help you advance so it's right. not you don't have to just do it on your own mm -hmm. you have to work with people that are going to help you down that path you don't have to go and validate ten thousand different technologies that all do the same thing work with people that do know that right. and, and and figure it out together co-opetition is a big thing it's not just competition in this space it's co-opetition working with other people ask me a question i'd love to answer it for you uh if you don't ask me if you just say woe is me you'll, you'll never advance very accurate very true so what do you think is kind of the next steps to how do you even begin to innovate and integrate what do you do in regards to that type of stuff so I think it, it first falls with, with process and people. So build the right process so that that infrastructure can support it. Pick the right people to be in there. Don't pick an obstructionist and say you're leading our innovation group. Also build a multifaceted team. Don't bring one perspective to the table. When we built our innovation board, we literally analyzed our brain patterns and our thinking patterns hmm. and ensured that we had a full brain approach, that we had people that were create more creative, more empathetic, more analytical, people that were more processed 
process driven because we need a balanced approach to really execute it. We need a whole full holistic approach, a full brain approach. And that's that's one thing that we did. We also took interdisciplinary experts. They were all very passionate about what they do. Our, the, we took the best and brightest of all of our different areas and brought them together. And when you do that, really cool things can happen. Really cool things. I have seen that in action. I'm particularly interested in the whole brain approach. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah the really, the whole idea that, that you have people who think differently and that you've created a space for them to hear each other and see from different perspectives and be able to contribute. Do you want to talk a little bit more? You call it, what's the title of this group? Uh, so our group is called the Nest. Uh, so the Nest is Morrison Living's innovation board, effectively. So instead of having our innovation lie in the C-suite, which is a lot of times just forced there, uh, we wanted to create something separate because the C-suite, as high up as that is, you can get caught up in day-to-day problems and you're not as in tune to the life of the day-to-day business. So we wanted to create something different for that. And that was really the point, is to be different. We didn't want to do the normal thing. We wanted to be different. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And I like that you brought people from all the different areas. So parts of the brain, but then all the different areas so that you, and you really have all of them covered so that if you're talking about something, you know how it might impact marketing or how it might impact um, culinary or, you know, some of the other areas. That's one of the reasons I think people are afraid to change. They implement something and they don't think about the unintended consequences on other departments and then they get pushed back and people don't like it and then it you know it falls right so you've created an opportunity to get everybody's feedback and everybody's perspective and we have all the stakeholders there so when we need to execute things we're the people that are doing it so you guys our teams are the people that and are, are you guys the champions of that new you know, innovation or do you pass that to somebody else or how does that work? So from a structural standpoint, we, the board kind of elects what innovation to trial. We have two levels of vetting. It goes to our CFO mm-hmm. for approval on the first side. But once we build out a preliminary business plan, then we flesh out a full business plan and assign a sub project team where one of the people on our board is a project lead for that. That's awesome. So we, I mean, it's, it's an end to end process that right. we thought out and that's the only way it can be successful. I mean, these, these, these little details may sound like overly detailed but that's that's the point is that we it's complex it's a complex problem so you need a you need to attack it in a very well thought out well articulated way um so you know by having that diverse group of leaders in these different functional areas we all support people underneath us that we pull in and plug into these projects as we go that's very cool so you're you're having your champions that are part of the the nest that are really there to guide the process, but you have your systems in place to keep it going. Yeah. That's really cool because I think that's where a lot of it breaks down is that they don't have the champion and the implementation, like let's do this. And they kind of like, fizzles out right and i think you said something the devil's in the details a lot of times and you have to think those through and and have a plan in place for them so let's talk data yeah how do you guys use data to make decisions that's what i do every single day that's my (laughs) life (laughs) uh so if you think about us you know morrison living we're largest food service, dining hospitality company in our sector mm-hmm. in, in the country. So, I mean, we have got over 600 clients. We have point of sale data. We've got, I've got clock in and clock outs of every single associate uh, that we've got every single food item that we've purchased. I've got every single company card transaction that's occurring. I've got every single safety claim. I've got 
lots of financial data. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just a massive treasure trove of this stuff. And without analytics, what do you do with it? It just sits there. Um, so, you know, what we did is we democratized data so that everyone's got access to this stuff. Everyone's got access not just to data, but access to insights and guided insights so that instead of just saying, here's a problem, here's a push report, here's a problem, here's, here's a solution, here's how we think we should approach it. And what that does in, in a community-specific way, you know, I think there's two applications. One, there's us as a company, and are we buying the best products? Are we, are we retaining the best people? Why are people leaving? Can mm -hmm. we fix that? How do we think differently about it? There's also the community strategy side. So that's where we blend a mix of market research and also community-specific data. So from a market research perspective, we mine data on... We've got data on all of our communities. That what we did with that is we built a robust peer group sets based on mathematical models. So we've got we don't say you're you're one community. If you've been to one community, you've been to one community. We know other communities like yours. And guess what? We're doing things differently at those communities. We've made conscious decisions differently there, and that's led to different outcomes. So if hmm. you want to be different, here are some great best practices that we can readily apply that we know will work. Because we're doing it elsewhere. And then, you know, also just even from a competitive standpoint, when you think about competition in our space, it's, it's not just a community down the street or even across the country. It's a dining, it's a hospitality experience. When you think of that, it's restaurants. So we've got a 10-mile radius of every single one of our communities around the country. We've got a Yelp scrape on. So we know every single restaurant in a 10-mile radius. We know what protein is more prevalent in that market. We know what entree is more prevalent. Wow. We know what alcohol is more or less prevalent. Just <laughs> the, it, it, awesome. it, just the wow. massive amount of time. But that's, yeah. but that's so cool because you can actually use that to make really smart decisions. Ex well, that's what it yeah. is. is you, build, you synthesize that with your community-specific data to guide that strategic plan. So if I just use market research, that would be great. It would tell me about what the market looks like. I'm not serving the market. I know my community. I know my residents better than anybody. I know exactly what they're buying it, when they're buying it, and people are creatures of habit. So I know what's going to happen before it happens. So how do I tailor and hyper-personalize the experience so that it's best for them? And then, as I think about it, our community is evolving. We're get, we've got new new mm -hmm. people coming in every day so how do i build that long-term strategic plan based on what i know the population is going to look like in five years from now i don't want to dump two million dollars into a renovation mm, yeah. or ten million dollars into a renovation and have that be obsolete in a year wow that's have you used data to manage workforce issues Absolutely. I Tell think us that's more about that too. <laughs> sure. So uh, we use um, we have a video interview system, and we use predictive modeling off of that, measuring facial features, facial tics, sound, and what we do is we grade so cool. applicants off of that to say, hey, these are your best applicants, these are your worst applicants. We reduced our time to fill by four days. Uh, wow. Pre and post implementation and 27% of our candidates actually opted into this, this hiring process. You can hire someone right off the app right after the video interview. You don't need them to come in. That increased flexibility is massive. We also create pooled labor. So our associates can clock in and clock out on their telephone, on their phone, on their cell phones in a 10-foot geotagged radius in communities. And guess what? They can so opt smart. in from a pooled labor perspective to other, other Compass accounts in that area. So as a member of Compass Group, we operate, we do the food service at the Oscars. Think about it this way. You could be at the community, the senior community one day and working at the, the Oscars, Oscars the next. Day. Well, that's a great way to use, I mean, because you're getting, you know, diverse perspectives. You're giving them more options. They're not just tied to one community, but they can have maybe growth opportunities or just different opportunities within your organization. I mean, I think that's smart. As we heard earlier, growth is important for a lot of our frontline people. They want to know what could I do differently or next? Yeah. And that's 
There's a wow. career path. Yeah. <laughs> we exactly. Have, we have, we yeah. have so many people. We have we so many options. There's that's, nowhere you need to go. Yeah. That's so cool. You're doing some of the most innovative things I think we've heard. And oh, I, for sure. I love, <laughs> yeah. love, love it. And super excited for our audience to hear about it. And I love about well. your the way you're talking about the data. It's, it's what we need, though, because you're not guessing. You're making intelligent decisions with the information that's that you're working hard to get. I mean, I love it's, that. And it's augmented intelligence. So we're blending the facts, the data science with our tacit knowledge base because we've operated in the industry for over 40 years. So we're marrying the two, not saying our tacit knowledge is worthless, not saying our data right. is worthless. We're marrying the two and dovetailing that to make the best decision possible. God, that's so cool. It's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. It's really incredible. So with all the great things that you're doing, let's let's dive into who, you know, who's a maverick in your life or in your perspective that's really shaking things up? You know, that's, I, there's just been a lot of mavericks in my life <laughs> as I think about it. I think the one most recently, the someone that I aspire to be like a mentor uh, would be our CEO, Scott McClellan, and just seeing the way he approaches each decision. The, he leads with empathy. He isn't afraid with challenges. One thing he always says is, do whatever what, whatever you want to do, do it, as long as it's legal, ethical, moral, and safe. <laughs> and with that level of autonomy, almost, with that, that level of, uh, I mean, the failure doesn't even come up. It's, it's just think differently. And how do, we, right. how do we become different? And how do we become better than what we are today? It's that challenge that I think motiv that motivates me every day. That's a fantastic. It's I mean, so cool. Yeah. yeah, it creates the environment, the culture for people to grow, to step up and really shine. And not be and be comfortable taking a calculated risk. Right. And Scott, if you're hearing this, I'm not just trying to flatter you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't think that. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's what we need, though, is is people that are enabling and empowering their staff to do great things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So with everything we've talked about, what action would you like our listeners to take? Action. Yeah. <laughs> take action. I'd like them to just do something. I I, I, I almost you. don't care what it is. Just do something. <laughs> we say anything. that a lot too. Just think, think about one thing differently because it can seem overwhelming. It can seem like a lot, but just, just tackle one, one challenge, one potential problem and solve it. That's, it's anything. That's that's awesome to hear because I still I feel Catherine and I talk about this a lot in this space. It feels like people are afraid to take action. So I love that of just take action, just do it. Yeah, it, one thing. Yep. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think they are afraid, but for good reason. So let's work to get over that reason. Well, you should be afraid, but I think that's okay. Because um, that makes you be more intentional with your approach. Do your homework. Do your research. Understand that problem yeah. before just doing something. I don't want you to do something cavalier, right. but Randomly, I want you yeah. to I want you to go through that process on just something, anything. Yeah, yeah, excellent. I love it. I love it. It's great. So, how are you creating hope? I think it's pretty obvious. You're doing a lot of great things, but how do you think you, you know, in your perspective? Uh, I, I think I, I just create, um, I create a different style of thinking. So I create something that's, I, I just create challenge to the status quo. And I, I think that creates hope that, that people are doing that. 
Um, I, I think everyone's trying to do that. We in our conference all day today. We've we've seen that everyone's trying to do it. Everyone's working on similar types of challenges. Mm-hmm. They're going about it in very different ways. There's very different perspectives, and I I think that's what gives me hope is just sharing my perspective, doing things like this, sharing the way we're doing things and hoping that other people take take something out of it, I guess. Yeah, get inspired and take action, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Max, it has been an absolute pleasure. I love your energy. Yes. How can people find you if they want to learn more? Uh, LinkedIn, or you can email me, maxmoski at morrisonliving.com. But you can reach directly out to me, or you can shoot me a LinkedIn message. I'll accept every LinkedIn, so I'm sure I'll accept you too. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, All right. that's a low and then, bar. And then uh, is it morrisonliving.com is the, is the website? Is that correct? Yes. Morrisonliving. Yeah, so M-A-X-M-O-S-K-Y okay. at morrisonliving.com. And we'll put all those in the show notes as well too. So, well, awesome, Max. Thank you so much. It's, yeah, it's awesome to talk to you. Love your passion when it comes to, to the data and how to use it properly. So it's really cool to hear. I love that. Innovation uh, in general. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. A pleasure to meet you both. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks.